0: Welcome to another episode, I believe episode 9, yes. of My Life in Games with Silas and Sage. And uh, with me, of course, is the illustrious, the incomparable, the one, the only, the myth, the man, the legend, and the unstoppable force. Yes, he is all those things, ladies and gentlemen. Silas, how's it going, bro?
1: Uh, it's it's good. Just, uh, you know, games work. Lots of extra work, so not as much games as I would like, but... Uh... Hopefully soon there'll be a little bit more games because I took some extra fucking time off to play some video games (laughs) or I will be
0: (laughs) dude. You've been, that's like been the theme for you the past, uh, the past few shows like work is just, it's getting into your game time. I got to admit I'm, I'm a little jealous. I'm a little jealous. Uh, I I miss you. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me. I, I
1: I miss getting, uh, getting more game time. And it's, it's even, uh, I used to be able to get uh, at least one if not two extra streams in uh, a week, uh, and I've been lucky to even get my uh, scheduled streams um, done because of uh, the work and whatnot. I have kind of had to move things around because my schedule's been really jacked.
0: <laughs> I hear you, I'm, uh, I'm back to work myself a little bit more full-time uh, in the studio and doing some things and some stuff, and uh, that work grind. It's a bit to get used to again when you're when you're, you know, you're not doing it for a while. <laughs> then you come back and you're like, "What the fuck is this? Uh, no, what is this madness I've just walked into?" So yeah, I kind of feel you on that. Uh, but in your spare time, like, what are you playing? What have you been up to in the game world when you can?
1: Um, of course, uh, Splatoon has totally taken over my my Friday nights. Um, 100. Uh, mm. Mario Kart's kind of taken a total backseat. It's been Splatoon, Splatoon with a side of Splatoon, and that's what I've been streaming, and uh, it's been actually uh, really good to me that way. And uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it, not just with um, people that I've been gaming with, but also uh, viewers from from the stream have been coming in and enjoying some of the matches, and we've all been having a good time, and it's it's just been a lot of fun. Um, but I've also um, I haven't got back to Zelda yet. That's still kind of sitting and 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 brewing. I'll get back there. It's uh, marinating. Yeah, it's it's marinating a bit. Um, I've had to I've had to go back and um. I started playing uh, I Am Setsuna again. I did play it a little bit when I first picked it up, which is uh, an indie game, um, although it is backed by Squaresoft, but it is still an, an indie developer, and um, it's got like an old-school Final Fantasy Chrono Trigger RPG kind of feel to it, uh, but I've been having a good time with that. I've been going back and uh, trying to kind of go through that. I wanted to finish that up, and um, and of course, uh, still uh, getting a little bit of Disgaea, and then when I have some time because I want to finish that up as well at some point. Oh, that's going to take a little bit more uh, before I start some some other uh games that i want to get into
0: uh. <laughs> you've been pretty busy on um on mixer too like how is the how has the mixer world been going i'm i'm only learning my bits and pieces of information through you as you're you're kind of you know going through this process of starting over from being on twitch and and now you're on mixer how has that been how is that saga continuing to, to um, unfold for you
1: it's it's been good, and like I said, uh, with with the Splatoon streams and stuff, I've been having you know viewers come in and join me. They've been sticking around, and and I've been growing it. Of course, if if I could stream more, I would obviously grow more more quickly. Um, but the overall goal for me isn't you know about uh, you know making a bunch of money or nothing like that. I just I do it for fun. But I do want to do it more if I could. If I wasn't working my entire fucking <laughs> soul away, uh, almost sixty hours a week. Uh, so yeah, you know, um, but no, it's, it's, it's been good. Um, you know, some, sometimes you have a stream and, and it's very quiet and other times, you know, you, you get in there and just right from the, right from the get go, it's, uh, it's, it's booming. Uh, in fact, a couple more of my, uh, uh, Twitch base has finally made it over to to Mixer to join me there, and uh, they've been ha- having a good time. I know uh, when you were in more recent stream, you, I'm pretty sure you saw that I had a couple people you you remember from the from the Twitch side of things. Uh-
0: <laughs> shout out to Morbid. Shout out to Sizzle. Much love. Oh, yes,
1: yes, and uh, e- even my old streaming pal uh, Heavy, who unfortunately does not stream anymore but still plays a lot of video games, uh, was was over there hanging out and uh, and having a good time as well.
0: That was good to see him.
1: Um, so, you know, I've, I'm working on that, but I've also been, uh, as always as a streamer, you, uh, there's always changes. There's always new shit you're trying to do, whether it's making something better or just tweaking it or, you know what? Hey, there's this new thing. Let's, let's try it out. And one of the new things I recently tried, which took a little bit of testing and, and, and work to get set up because I use XSplit and not OBS, um, is, uh, the Boom TV replay service, which is fucking awesome. I love it. Uh, once you figure out how to get it to work and get it set up, it is it's great having it. Um, I've had some nice uh, some nice captures uh, playing Splatoon and stuff. Um, or people, you know, uh, essentially your viewers can vote type of command. You can set up how many how many votes it takes to, for a replay to happen, and then it'll it'll capture the last ten, twenty, fifty, however long you want to fucking set it for seconds of of the stream and uh, replay it on the stream. Then of course it automatically uploads it to uh, to Boom TV. And then you have it there, and you can share it you know from there to. Facebook, Twitter, and all of your wonderful social networks, and you got that link. And uh, no, no, no work on your part, which is great. I mean, yeah, I know Twitch has like you can make your Twitch clips and things, but to have something where your viewers vote on the clip, and then it happens and and it's done, and it's there and it's saved, and you don't got to do shit. It's automated. There you go. Enjoy. Is it's 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 very nice, and then you don't have to. That's less time that you know. If you feel that there was some good stuff from your streams, a lot of times your viewers are going to see it and vote on it, and then it just. I bet, yeah, there might be something, you can always, as the streamer, just type in the command yourself or manually uh, pop it, but it's nice where, you know, your viewers can do it, and and you can just keep playing, and it's one less thing on your mind, and and it's nice. It just takes a little bit of effort to get it working, particularly if you're not using OBS, because they designed it with OBS in mind first.
0: So take note, streamers. If that's uh, if that's something that you would like to check out, by all means, do reach out to Silas too. I got to see it in action, and it's actually pretty cool. Um, I, I was thinking about maybe instituting something like that on my stream. I think it's pretty neat. I know Twitch has a clip feature, but <clears throat> making it to where you uh, you can have your chat vote on it and uh, set a specific time. Uh, I don't know that there's an interactivity piece there that I really liked seeing in your stream. So yeah Uh, yeah that was really cool
1: and uh one of the other things i I recently finally figured out what the hell i was doing wrong and, and and got right was the uh one of the uh mixers big features that they that they push but unfortunately i had i couldn't figure out how to get it to work right for me was was the streaming using ftl instead of the rtmp protocol which essentially makes it so there's damn near no delay on your stream so when the streamers play them, when they talk or whatever they can respond to you a lot faster now depending on where they're located and in in which streaming software you're using you might have a couple of seconds in there but that's a lot better than what you usually get on twitch or even you know other things on, on a good day a couple of seconds is nothing compared to the you know 30 plus seconds you get on most streaming services using rtmp i think with the best you can get an RTMP, like a a mixer, even their RTMP is a little bit better. Or even like, uh, I know Twitch has a slightly lower delay setting. And I think that's still upwards of like 15 to 20 seconds delay, Um, which is still better than what it used to be. But, you know, over here, on Mixer, you get the FTL figured out and there's only that couple of seconds delay. You really fucking notice it. You really do. And, and part of the reason I wanted to get that working was because of other streamers I've watched on, um, on mixer that use it consistently. Um, in fact, one of my favorite streamers on Mixer, she uses it all the time. And that was part of what I was like, I got to figure out how to, what the hell am I doing wrong? And I finally figured out what I was doing wrong. And afterward, I felt really, really stupid because if I would have actually comprehended better what I was reading on how FTL works it would have made much sense what I needed to do <laughs> but you know sometimes even, even the smartest people have these you know things in their head it just doesn't comprehend correctly and and, and you gotta sit there and fiddle around with it And the story um, of life <laughs> yeah stream life stream um, life but I got it working and so the last two streams I've used it the, the stream before last was actually the the first one where I had used it and that was kind of like a test once I knew that I had it working correctly and then my last stream was um you know a pretty a pretty good one and there was there was a lot of support and a lot of people seem to like the uh, minimal delay especially with the interactive buttons and things so that helps with the the interactivity part when there's not so much delay and someone can hit that button and see it happen right away instead of there being a delay and then of course they see uh the streamer's reaction in this case mine to you know said interactive button and everything it just makes everything come together so much better Um, so yeah, there's just been a lot of work going into it, even though I'm making zero dollars and zero cents, don't really give a rat's ass. Um, my only real complaint is the fact that I haven't had more time to do other work on other things that I have. I have these ideas, but just not enough time in my daily life to implement some of the things that, that I want to do to make my stream even in my opinion, even better.
0: Well, the stream has been coming along great. So, um, I, every time I, I come in to see it, there's something a little bit different, and something has changed, and something looks a little bit better, or something's a little smoother, or something's a little faster. Um, so it's it's been coming along, and I I really enjoy keeping track of what you're doing with Mixer because Mixer's really cool. It's got uh, it's got a lot of things in it that that Twitch does not have, and um, and I I stream solely to Twitch myself. <clears throat> and i'm a little envious of some of the things that uh, that mixer is doing and i, I hope that twitch takes note um, and and const- or, uh, implements some of those changes as well so uh, but that's really cool you know and I, i've i kind of feel i kind of feel you on the on the work piece myself being back to work a little bit more full-time now uh, i haven't had as much time as i'd like to to game uh, to try new things it's been kind of a hectic uh month right
1: yeah yeah
0: it's kind of been a a hectic month 30 days it's 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 crazy what you have to (laughs) what you have to trudge through to get some stuff done and uh i find myself making changes to the streams as much as possible but uh my main game right now is still the division i had a i had a great day today i got a host from the division game um with uh, a little over twelve hundred Uh, Viewers after State of the Game. Now, I'm I'm sure some of that is auto-host as well. The way Twitch does um, viewers now is a little weird. But um, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, somebody I've I've been spending a lot more time with uh, lately, Rimpency, or Remy, Uh, he plays a lot of Diablo 3. So I've I've actually downloaded Diablo 3, and I'm going to check that out a little bit um, to supplement some of my division time. Um, and as, uh, as usual I'm still playing Elder Scrolls Online I, I plan on implementing that more regularly into my streams but, um, uh, but it, it has been busy and uh, such is the streamer life you never stop working on your stream and what you're doing and, uh, and how it's implemented and how it looks to, uh, to, to the viewer um, there's, stream life is just it keeps moving right like you can yeah. never catch up and I feel like I'm constantly behind. I hate that feeling.
1: Yeah, well, you want to talk about constantly behind, you know, uh, Elgato and their, their products. Um, you know, a lot of people have the uh, stream deck. You've heard of that. That's a little slightly hefty piece of kit. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, there was a workaround to make it work with with X-S2, but But it it's a real pain in the ass. Um, but it was, you know, designed, of course, again, with OBS first. Well, if, uh, I believe it was earlier today or was it yesterday? I saw the, yesterday yesterday yes yeah there is now official xsplit support for this so i'm sure their sales numbers are probably going to go up more because now people that have been waiting for that official implementation into their favorite streaming software uh for that piece of hardware to work and for the cost of it it better damn well work and work nice which i actually have heard i have heard very good things it's not necessarily a necessary piece of equipment when you're a streamer and as you grow you want to again as i was talking earlier with like boom things that can help kind of automate repetitive tasks or help make your interactivity that much better and and that way you know you can focus more on what you're doing and and, and entertaining because of course that's why you're there you're fucking streaming you're not just there to be silent nothing uh if you want to do that you know someone could just play the game themselves they're there because they're there for you and doing stuff and you want to interact with your viewers so anything that helps make that better is a good thing and of course you know them uh adding that support for xplit which is a very popular software although a lot of people do use OBS just because OBS is free and I'm not knocking OBS in any way. I used to use it at one point in time and it worked very well. In fact, I actually still have a current version of OBS just in case for some reason. Because you never for, know. You never know. Shit happens with software. So it's always good to have a backup piece of software. If if all of a sudden, for some reason, uh, an update pushes and for some reason it has some weird virus or just some nasty shit that doesn't agree with Windows 10, which happens to me regularly, I can just use something else and I'm not spending a, a lot of time and I can I can still do what I need to do.
0: Those forced um, updates.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: So, and, and if you're, if you're listening to this right now, and uh, this is something that we talk about on a regular basis, Silas, and we, we kind of go through a little bit of streamer news and uh, it seems to be kind of a regular segment. So if there's anything in particular that you would like um, uh, to ask I, I totally recommend that you reach out to us at SilasAndSage at gmail.com. I think it'd be really cool to get some uh, some emails, get some letters uh, that we can yeah. talk about from some of our viewers. Or even really uh, cool.
1: just hit us up on up on Twitter.
0: Yeah, hit us up on Twitter at SilasAndSage as well. Uh, quick, uh, quick plug. Sorry. <laughs> it's going <laughs> to happen. Uh, but this conversation kind of g- goes right into the next thing that we we're going to talk about, which is a, a little around YouTube. And uh the continued, the saga continues. Um, the continued changes... disappointment. <laughs> disappointment, I guess. <laughs> I, I can see some things uh, from their standpoint. I can see it from the, the content creator standpoint. Um, it changes that stifle content creators' ad earnings. Um, so, And I'm seeing personally, just in the division community, more people moving away from streaming live on YouTube for, for games, uh, whether that be the division or, you know, any other game, um, and they're switching over to Twitch solely. Um, now there were some, there were some pros and some cons to streaming on YouTube and Silas, you would know what they were better than I, um, than, than I do. So what are the pros to streaming on YouTube as opposed to Twitch from a video quality standpoint?
1: Um, well, a couple of basic things um, with with YouTube is the fact that you can, if you have the internet bandwidth, you have more bandwidth. You can push to YouTube. You either because um, like Twitch, you, you cap it like I think thirty five hundred or something uh, for partners, and like twenty five hundred for non partners, some shit like that. It might be different now. It's been a little while since I looked at the numbers, but Twitch has a lower hard cap for If if you go above that, that's great. But regardless, it's still gonna you're going to be cut at 3,500 or 25 or whatever it is, where on YouTube you can you can uh, push a higher bit rate. And, of course, that means that makes 1080p, 60fps a lot more possible on YouTube versus on Twitch. I mean, unless you got a really beast rig and you can crank up your encoder to where it can kind of help offset some of that fucking blocking and graininess. I mean, it's a stream. It's going to happen no matter how high you run your shit. It's going to happen somewhat, but you can help minimize it with, with different settings if you know what you're doing. But at least with YouTube, you have more of that you can push more bit rate so you um, you can get higher quality without having to uh, push even harder on your CPU, which is especially uh, useful if you're streaming um, PC games from the same PC you are streaming from. And I'm sure you, Sage, are all too familiar with what happens when you try to stream a CPU intensive game like The Division. Um, you definitely don't have wah, nearly wah. as much power. <laughs> you, you, you don't have nearly as much power to put to your stream, so you really have to you either have to lower your in game settings or lower your stream settings, or maybe a little bit of both to get decent quality to where people aren't just walking away because it looks like a fucking shit sandwich all over the screen.
0: <laughs> so <know? laughs> before you go any further though, um, this is a question I had in stream and, uh, and I actually referred them to you Silas because I'm, I'm not 100%. Um, at the time I wasn't hundred percent sure on how to define it for them. But uh, so what, when you say bitrate and you're, you're referencing video quality, can you kind of break down real quick what bitrate means to somebody who's a a brand new streamer and uh and they don't know where to set their bitrate or actually what it does. What does a a bitrate setting, setting on OBS or on XSplit do exactly? So okay. they know why it's so important to have more.
1: Um well, it is important to have more, but at the same time you got to be careful with that, especially with like Twitch where you don't have transcoding. But I'll get into that in a minute. Um okay, bitrate is going to affect your video quality directly. That is the number one thing that's going to affect how good your stream looks. Aside from anything as uh, your bit rate and your um, resolution. And the higher your resolution, the more bit rate you're obviously going to need to make it look the same. Uh, so if you're streaming at a lower resolution, you can get away with using less bit rate and it'll still look just as clean without blocking as much or whatever. The same as initial quality that way. Uh, of course, resolution, things look more crisper and and stuff like that, but your bitrate, you need more of it to keep up. So uh, same thing is if like you're trying to stream sixty FPS, you need more bitrate, not necessarily double thirty, like a lot of people believe, but you can't get a, you still need more uh, in order to keep it looking good, otherwise it's going to turn into a blocky, needless mess. And that's why if you read like a lot of blogs and things like that, um, for most new streamers, you know, they don't tell anybody, especially if you're new, don't try to stream above 720p. Just stick with that. Because number one, it's easier to... It doesn't take as much bitrate as 1080p. And uh, also try to keep yourself at 30fps when starting. Because you really don't need 60 unless you're playing stuff that is actually 60 plus
0: FPS. So do you need 60 on a console, typically? Uh, <laughs> for most consoles, no. If you have a uh, PlayStation 4 Pro... Um,
1: you can, but you also gotta know which games are 60. If, 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 you know, you know, a lot of games don't run at 60, uh, you know, uh, a lot of them are still running, you know, especially like the, the earlier PS4 games are still running at 30. Uh, although there was that update, I think that let it do a boost mode. So sometimes it will upclock it. But, uh, even then, um, you know, you got to kind of know, um, a lot of the newer streaming software will tell you what your incoming FPS is off of your source. Um, so as long as like, I know an X split for me, I have it up all the time so I can see what the un- incoming FPS is off of whatever I'm capturing. So if I know that I'm getting sixty, then okay, I'm know if I want to try to push sixty on stream, I can, but I don't always do that. I was for a while, but again, have to play with different things and what I'm doing. Uh, but stick with thirty. Thirty is perfectly fine. Seven twenty is a perfectly good quality um, resolution, and it's pretty standard anymore. Hal, uh, and if in uh, the other thing with bitrate too is you also got to look at how much upload speed you have. You always want to have, and the, the rule I follow is you need to have. Double the upload speed of whatever your bitrate is, and the reason for that is because with your bitrate, you might set your target at say, let's just say 2000, so two megs, right? Roughly, all right. So you're doing 720p, you got it, you're setting your your thing at uh, at two meg, and actually, you can get away with 720p at like 1500, just depends on your encoder settings, whatever. And also, depends on the game and how much action it is. But back to the main point, um, when you you, you got your bit rate at uh it say two thousand. Let's say you're on DSL and your upload speed's not that great. Your upload speed's only like three meg. You're gonna be pushing the limit, even though you're you set your you set your target at two meg and you're in according to your speed tier for your internet it, it maybe maybe you're on crappy DSL and a lot of people have worse than crappy DSL. They have super shitty DSL. <laughs> so I know people who can't even stream because of of stuff like this. So um or not stream well anyway. Uh, so you always want to try to have double because your, your bit rate's going to fluctuate and the less bandwidth you have to up for your upload speed, the less you have to work with. And so that's one thing you definitely want to pay attention to um, as a streamer. Uh, especially when you're first, first starting out is, is is how much of that you have. The other thing is the more you're putting out, the more it's going to take for someone to watch your stream. So like if you're on Twitch and you're just starting out, you have... You just got your, your your couple of friends that are gamers too. They, they came and followed your channel. They want, they're going to come watch to help support you or whatever, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're trying to do, say, 1080p 60, 1080p 60 FPS, because you're like, yeah, I got a monster rig. I can do this. You're playing uh, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn on a PS4 Pro, so you want to make it look as pretty as fucking possible on your stream. Well, here's the problem you're going to run into. Unless you have a lot of upload speed it's going to look like crap or if you're your viewers using, are
0: going to miss out on it basically.
1: Yeah. Or even you can get away with lower, uh, bitrate if you crank up your encoder setting, but that's only going to make up for so much. So even still, you're going to have to, for it to look good, it's either going to look like crap or no one's going to be able to watch it because they're going to need a minimum download speed to be able to watch your stream without any sort of buffering and, and if there's a lot of buffering, then they're not going to watch and they're going to go away. So you don't want to start off, you know. Now partner streamers can can just crank it up and do whatever the fuck they want because Twitch, you know, you get the transcoding. So if someone can't watch it in 1080p, if they're if they're
0: uh, and just you know, to clarify real quick that partner is not affiliate. So if you're if you're an affiliate, you you don't get any extra um, uh, bandwidth to uh, accommodate. That higher bit rate. You don't get that. You have to be partnered first and that's gonna take you a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean what once you're partnered, then, then then you can do all these things and it's not a big deal. But before that, which is ninety-five percent of the fucking streaming population, you can't. You don't wanna do that. I mean, unless you know that all of your regular viewers can 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 sustain that downloads because you don't know you might get people in other countries and that makes a difference too because yeah they might have fast internet but then when you're going long distances there's a lot less again less bandwidth it's gonna take more time so it requires more bandwidth to still see your stream so when you're when you're thinking about quality and bitrate and everything you also got to keep in mind not alienating potential viewers
0: yeah, exactly, and not to forget the the mobile viewers too, and they have a limited bandwidth. Um, oh over, yeah,
1: yeah, Mo- mobile <laughs>
0: <clears throat> over mobile. So you've got to keep that in mind. There's a lot of people coming from YouTube, and they're using Twitch solely now. Uh, whether they were affiliated or partnered before, that's what they're doing. And uh, the the question is is YouTube going to continue to be the the haven for content creators that it once was years ago? Do you think that um, we're going to continue to see more streamers leaving, more content creators leaving and seeking out other platforms uh, for their content?
1: There are some people that just, they're familiar with YouTube. Let's face it. YouTube is very household name. Everybody fucking knows YouTube. Okay. So a lot of people are going to go there first. And that's part of what the draws for people to stay there. But like you said, if if people can't make the money they're making and they go to Twitch and they can make the same or more off the stream into Twitch... They're going to go there and you know, like you said, as far, uh, with, at least with streamers, I don't know about other content creators, but even other content creators a while ago, this kind of, I don't want to say a mass exodus, maybe on the streaming side, but uh, even just on the content creation as a whole on YouTube has definitely slowed down because there's more, there's other video platforms people can go to now.
0: Um, and those can... other platforms, just real quick, those other platforms are picking up on that, aren't they? So yeah. Twitch now has VODs available, video on demand.
1: But uh, there, there's, other, there's other places you can go. In fact, one of the popular ones, I'm seeing a lot of streamers that also had YouTube that are getting off of YouTube that are streaming to, say, Twitch or Mixer um, are now using uh, VidMe is becoming rather popular, I see. A lot of people seem to be using that for uh, standalone videos or you know some of their replays or things like that as opposed to putting it on YouTube. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't really looked into that service myself, but I have seen more and more uh, at least the streamers, at least the ones I watch, are are have been moving their stuff over to these other services like uh Vidme and and I haven't looked into it myself, although I have been thinking about it, but again, time, um for that sort of thing. And and they've been using that. I've been seeing more people uh start to switch to those kinds of services instead of uh YouTube. And I know there there's other ones out there that, that people use, but I guess maybe for game content, maybe that one's just a little bit more popular as an, as a YouTube alternative. I mean have you seen mm-hmm. um Anybody using any other ones for any other streamers?
0: No, no. I th- I think those that's been the the main ones, and um, I think at this point it also bears a little bit of clarification of what's going on with YouTube too. Um, to to force this, so what's going on with ad revenue specifically is. Uh, Say you're you're a company. Uh, I'll use my one of my old businesses as a reference say you fix power windows in cars and when the, the window doesn't go up and down and um, uh, You want somebody to come and fix that? And there's this wonderful company that does that they do it on a mobile basis. They come to your door and um, and they fix it and they have paid to have ads on YouTube to target people that um, that have power windows that are broken. Well, let's say that uh, the ad shows for this power window repair company on a, a YouTube channel that is expressing views about uh, world events that are really tricky right now. And we could name a bunch of them, but I don't want to do that on this show. But let's no. just say very controversial subject matter. And you're a business that has that, uh, that your ad showing on this content creator's uh, content that is very controversial and it doesn't reflect with your brand. It's not something that you want um, to be associated with. That is exactly what's going on with YouTube. And a lot of people, a lot of uh, companies that have ads with YouTube have dropped them completely.
1: Yeah, yeah, they pulled out
0: they've completely pulled out and uh, so YouTube doesn't have that revenue coming in <laughs> right off the bat and uh, and so it hits YouTube and then it definitely hits the content creator. so that's kind of the problem and that's what we're talking about people are seeking other avenues to to make revenue with their content um, this is also affecting streamers in the sense that uh, controversial content is very subjective to the person who is looking at it so some some groups may see that a game like the division or other shooters like that like call of duty or uh, anything that involves eliminating or ending the life of uh, some other npc some other subject matter inside of the game as inappropriate so they're not being monetized anymore uh, by these companies. People don't want to pay money to have their ads shown on somebody that doesn't reflect the values of their company. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that just a little bit here is why we're getting into this. Is it sustainable for YouTube? Um, and really in a sense YouTube has been pioneering how this is done. We're, we're in a completely new age. The, 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 the internet and um, uh, sharing video Live, uh, those types of services are are available on Facebook, Instagram, the Periscope. Uh, Twitter has a a thing with Periscope, so you can go live to Twitter via Periscope. And companies are trying to figure out what is best for them and their company's brand uh, while not infringing on the freedom of speech aspect as well, because they also have ad revenue, and the people that buy into ads – Um, and buy ads on their platform, they have to take in what they want uh, into account as well. So it's a a very difficult situation. Do you think YouTube is going to be able to pull out of this um, and yet again be able to define exactly what it is and come back to be the heavy hitter that YouTube uh, and google has has been for a really long time, or is this something where we're seeing a a downward trend They're not going to be able to recover? They're kind of floundering right now. What do you think, Silas?
1: Um I think a lot of that is going to to depend on what actions they take, how they handle the situation because for YouTube it's kind of like And I know this is, I'm not, I'm not, no favoritism toward YouTube or anything else, but they're kind of in this point stuck in the middle to a degree because you have the people putting the ads out there. They, they want their, you know, they have certain reservations like you were talking about. So they don't want their stuff on associated with certain content creators. And then YouTube's going, well, now we got these content creators and they're taking off. So now we're losing content creators. And then, because we don't have, you know, people coming in and putting their ads on anymore. now that we, if they keep losing content creators, then less people will be likely to come and want to put ads. Because if you don't have as many people that they can show, you know, as channels that you, that are active, that they can put their ads on, they're not, nobody's going to do that, you know? So it's, it, it goes hand in hand so that they have to fix the problem. And if they don't fix one problem, then the other one's going to, you know, it's, it's going to keep going, coming back on itself. You know, so that's a problem. Now, whether or not we're going to start seeing different types of ads on YouTube is another story. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't think we're going to end up seeing like a bunch of like super uh, controversial or say adult stuff on people's channels. (laughs) Um, I don't think YouTube will ever go that route, although I could see some video service possibly doing that. Um, You know, if you're a streamer, if you let adult shit play, you could probably make make some money on your on your shit i don't know i don't know maybe maybe someone's gonna maybe someone's gonna listen to this and they're like you know what that is a great fucking idea i'm gonna start a you know a gaming stream channel but it also shows porn ads on people's streams you know if they're okay with it and they're gonna make some money and they probably would um you know hey whatever but uh that from youtube no
0: (laughs) it's yeah it's a weird world it's a weird you never know what's gonna happen next anymore it's uh it's crazy so, you know, we, what do you guys think? Let us know, you know, if there's, um, if there's something in particular, um, that you heard that you have some input on, please let us know. And, uh, we'll definitely, uh, take the opportunity to mention it and talk about it on the next stream, but while we're talking about streaming and, and this kind of migration that's happening. One thing that seems to be universal is, uh, an etiquette when it comes to streaming. We've talked a little bit about YouTube's etiquette when it comes to ad revenue, but there are non-negotiables as far as I'm concerned when it comes to behavior from a streamer. And so I thought it'd be really fun if we talked a little bit about our top three um, and uh, what we expect from a streamer, what we expect um, uh, from a show that we join and participate in Silas, let's start with you. What are some things that um, you're a streamer yourself, obviously, but when you go into somebody else's stream, what are the top three things, and we'll start with number three, that you expect from a streamer? Silence.
1: Silence is a fucking stream killer, okay? Um, if someone wants to just, just see a game in, in the video, they're going to go to uh, YouTube and watch videos with with nobody fucking doing nothing okay but generally when you go to a stream that's not what you're there for you're there to be not only play a game but to interact with somebody be entertained um i mean yeah sometimes you're there to lurk there are people that like to just go and in, in lurk in, in streams and watch but they're not even going to stay and lurk if the person isn't entertaining so if you're just kind of flat facing it playing your game
0: all zoned out I wish you guys could see Silas' face right now because it's priceless. <laughs> I want to screen cap it so bad. Um, Sorry, go ahead.
1: and <laughs> uh, Go ahead and leave my silence in there. If it's just like that, all you have the silence. Yes, the game is going on, but the streamer is doing nothing. Nothing happening. Not not, not picking their nose. Not belching. Not you know not even be rude or crude. Just nothing. Like there's certain things you don't want to see, but at least something is better than nothing. And nothing is bad. Dead air is no bueno.
0: So number three, don't do from Silas dead air. Keep talking, keep it fresh.
1: Yeah. Now there, there is ov- obviously you can have pauses. There can be slightly quiet moments, but don't. When well, you it... get
0: intense in game, right? Yeah. Like that's gonna happen. You're gonna get super focused on something so you don't die because dying is embarrassing on game on stream too. Right. Right. Right.
1: Now, what some people do, I mean, there are ways to combat that, and we can talk about that if we have time. Um, but one of the other things is. Um, Okay, now I'm a streamer that I have... My, my shit is, is adult. I have an adult flag on it. I do curse. But when you go into someone's stream and they are cursing continually, nonstop, and it is just vulgar as shit, and that's all it is, and very, you know, hateful, that's a bad vibe. I'm out of here. I don't care if you if you throw some shit, fuck, damn, whatever... Pussy bitch, whatever. I, I don't care. You, you can use some, some language, but don't make that all it is. You know what I'm saying? There, there is a huge difference. Be, be adult about this shit.
0: So, so number two is a, appropriate and well-founded vulgarity.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a difference. People can tell when you're, when you're having fun and you're just letting it out or whatever, or when you're just doing it because you have no other way to communicate.
0: I got you. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so and like I said, and I watch a streamer who uses a fair bit of of language, but she's fucking awesome and very entertaining, and and that's not all it is. And again, there's that word, very entertaining, okay. But when you go into a stream, and and again, someone's just just spewing shit. No, I'm sorry, gone. I'll give you a little bit to clean it up, but if it's real bad, I'm out. Okay. Gotcha. You know, no, that makes sense. There, there, there is, you know, there, there, there's a certain level, and of course, there's some topics you just shouldn't be touching when, when, when streaming. Um, and and the last one, God, like I said, there's a couple of things, and this does kind of go along with the silence one, but there's some people that don't know very good with proper miking. And this isn't silence. This is the Darth Vader breathing. When you go into a stream, and it's just... (sighs) (laughs) Okay, dude. Back the mic away. Do something. Do what you got to do. Yes, some people breathe heavy. Some people have sinus issues. I have bad sinus issues. So, unfortunately, I mouth breathe more than I would like. But I still have my stream set up in a way that the stream isn't constantly hearing it. Okay? So, if you have... Issues, you know, you have nasal problems or, or whatever that, that's going to cause that, or just figure out how to make it work. You know, you can. That's why there's things like mic monitoring you can turn on uh because if you're capturing or whatever. Now, if you're streaming directly from a system, that might be a little bit harder because there's not the mic monitoring. But you know, if if you're unsure, you know, maybe if you know if you know you have issues where you're loud and stuff, you might just just back it off a little bit. If people can't hear you, then you know, bring the mic a little closer. But you know, d- adjust it a little bit because that, it's just fucking annoying. It's it's almost as bad as nails on a chalkboard. You know, and you just go into a stream and then you ju- you're just hearing the.
0: So, watch <laughs> Silas is number one. It, it, if I could summarize, watch your own VODs, watch your past streams, yes, and see uh, where you can improve. That is going to be the best, uh, yeah. best thing that you can do, especially is... for sound, specifically for sound. Test it. Um, because you you, you may think that you're having this really great stream, and you're so psyched about it, and it feels good, and man, I'm getting all these follows, and it's just amazing. That doesn't mean that there's still not room for improvement, and sound is so important, because because they're not sitting there with you. This is a video. This is a stream. Uh, The video quality and the sound quality are your are your eggs and bacon. This is essential. This is essential for a balanced meal on, on a stream. You have to have these things. So make sure that you're going back and looking at them. Uh, honestly, Silas, I can't argue with those. I think the only uh, my number one thing I agree with you with number three and number two. So, uh, so that'll save us a little bit of time <laughs> and, and reference those on a regular basis guys, because they're really important. I think my number one thing, um, along with what you said would be chat interaction. There's nothing that I, I don't want to say that it, it, um, it makes me hateful, <laughs> but if I am coming up with an intuitive question to ask you about the game, uh, about you, uh, about what you're doing, about why you're doing it, and I'm doing it in a respectful way and um, and by the way um, don't don't lose yourself in being a streamer and not remember what it's like to be somebody who's in chat interacting with a streamer that's really important um, Do not ignore your chat. It should not take you Unless you're just huge and you've got you know 500,000 followers, I can understand one or two of the questions or or uh, chat items passing you by. I totally understand that. But especially if you're a new streamer and uh, and chat is manageable, you should be acknowledging, even reading back. Uh, what I like to do in stream is, is for instance, let's say Silas, up oh, Silas Verm says. Um, Hey, Sage, you know, why do you suck so bad today? I'm going to read that question and then I'm going to answer it. If you're a streamer and you are not at least acknowledging what is going on in chat and you ignore me for 10 or 15 minutes or never answer what I'm saying, um, you've lost me and I leave Um, because I'm... Whether a streamer wants to admit it or not, um, it is 100% true that the people that are in chat are just as much a part of of the show. They are a necessary part of the show. They make the show. They help make the show. They're not all of it, but they are just as important as the streamer in the sense of creating conversation and creating dialogue and this interactivity uh, because it's all about... uh, If you're a streamer, you want to get those subs, you want to get those follows, you want to build this base. And if you're ignoring that base in chat, you're never going to grow.
1: Yeah, um, I fully 100% agree with you with that one. Like I said, there was a number of things I was thinking of and to try to put them in in a list. A little difficult because like I said, there's definitely a few things. Um, And like you said though, interacting with the chat is also very important because referencing my point of the silence, if you interact with your chat, That helps a lot, especially like where Sage was referencing reading what people are saying. Which honestly, I I do that a lot too. I might not necessarily read the whole thing, but I'll read it real quick and then you know answer the person or or whatever. Sometimes I I read sometimes a a couple things will come up at the same time and I'll read the newest one and then I'll go back and read the other people and then get back to them and be like, okay, well, you know whatever. However, you got to do it. Just do it. Just acknowledge acknowledge your viewers. That's that's a big thing. Now, don't and this is i gotta take take a second to uh <laughs> put this one the right way
0: Oosa, Oosa.
1: um now if you're using a bot that let's say you're watching your your stream chat from 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 a bot, maybe you're running uh your own bot maybe you're using phantom bot or um or uh ancbot or one of those you know self hosted bots Nightbot. uh and you can see when people come in and when they leave even though. And, and and it comes up before Twitch does, right? A lot of times when you, when you, when you use the bot, or at least when I, my experience has been that way, and you can see people come in. And sometimes the people, they come in and they don't say anything right away. There is something that you don't want to do. Don't necessarily call them out instantaneously. And this is something that I actually had to correct myself a couple of times, because you, especially when you're first starting because you, you want to acknowledge whoever's coming, or you're excited, you know, this person's coming in, they're going to come watch. Sometimes that makes people go away if you just call them out right away. Cause uh, like I talked about before, some people just like to lurk and watch a stream. They don't necessarily chat a lot until they get more comfortable, or maybe they're just not super talkative. I have times where I go into streams. I'll, I'll be super talkative when I first get there and then I'll lurk for an hour and a half. Or sometimes, you know, there's already a good conversation going on. So I won't say anything right away and you don't necessarily want to be called out instantaneously. I mean, if you're a regular, that's one thing if you're a regular to the channel, but when someone's new to your channel, that can kind of scare them away. So if you are going to call them out, wait a few minutes. Or what I've tried to get into the habit of doing is instead of calling out a specific per- person's name, if I see that there's been a couple people and they've been lurking for several minutes, instead of calling them out individually, I'll just be like, hey, you know, if you're just joining the stream and then, you know, pick a topic talk, recap what's recently happened on stream or, or something you got going on or, or or whatever it is. But don't necessarily, don't just point fingers at the new people and put a big red fucking sign on them. You know, <laughs>
0: you can find a lot of ways to make that work, and that that is a great point. You know, I, I, on stream, I kind of like to say, um, depending on the situation, I'll say, uh, "Hey, chat, what's going on? How y'all doing? Yep, How's yep. your day been? Thanks for joining. I really appreciate you." You know, you address everybody as chat, and and that's a great way to 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 get an in or. Uh, like you said, recap what you're doing. I'm just working on, you know, I'll talk some division talk. I'm working on some HVTs right now. I'm doing a high critical, I'm testing out this new build. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Um, do you guys have any specific builds that you like to run for this content? So there's definitely ways that you can do it and you'll find a style that works best for you, but don't, uh, don't be afraid to either make mistakes or have big successes doing that. Um, if you just ignore them and you're so stiff on screen that you're ignoring chat, you're in trouble and yeah. that's going to hold you back from being a, 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 a streamer or the streamer that you see yourself to be, um, you know, a year down the road.
1: Yeah, pretty much, pretty much.
0: <laughs> if there's any questions or, or uh, comments about what we've been talking about, please reach out. Uh, but now we're going to talk some retro shit. Retro Dude. stuff. <laughs> there's so, so many good retro things that are happening right now. I know we were just talking about some stuff. So what is on your perspective right now for retro games?
1: Oh, there, there's a couple of things. Uh, one of which is something that uh, hopefully maybe down the road, you and I can uh, work something out to get this done. And, and I've just been having the, this itch for PSO. Okay. <laughs> Fucking Fantasy Star Online. The, probably one of the biggest uh, online crack addictive games i played on a fucking console uh, and of course uh eventually pc uh before that it was like never rest and stuff like that but for console uh online gaming that was like my real first you know online console you know action adventure game and probably probably one of the first ones like that uh for its time and, and it just it stuck with me and it was a lot of fun and that game was very addictive granted it was repetitive but very addictive and um of course, I had a lot of add-ons and other things came out afterward, but uh, I th- really thought about diving back into that just because it was, for what it was, yes, it was a little bit more simplistic than a lot of shit we have now, but it worked. You wanted to play it, you wanted to go kick stuff's ass, you got more powerful and rinse and repeat and life's good, okay? Video games, people. Come on.
0: It was a great game.
1: Um, a lot of fun and and whatnot, uh, but also uh, part of what sparked um, part of my, my retro thoughts recently as I was watching, again, uh, one of my favorite streamers uh probably my favorite streamer on mixer right now uh ika bakaku she's fucking awesome she was streaming uh that's a badass name
0: that (laughs) makes me want to watch right now (laughs) Uh, bakaku yeah right she's she's, yeah she's
1: pretty cool she does a lot of rpgs and stuff um she also does development and other things but anyway big shout out um she was she recently got a a psp again
0: and And she's on mixer real quick i'm sorry she's on mixer on mixer okay
1: and um You know, she was streaming uh, some uh, PSP, and she had the PSP's remake of a PS One game, Star Ocean Two.
0: They remade Star Ocean. Oh, I haven't heard that in forever. Yes, yes.
1: And it, and when I saw her playing that, and I was watching, you know, she's streaming this little game. Like, oh my god, I missed. And I just started remembering like all the shit I missed, and I had back in the day. I had a PSP. I had a number of games, but some I didn't get to play, and you know, things happen. I don't have one now. But I'm like, damn. You know, I want to go back and play some of the shit, whether I've played it before or I didn't get a chance to play that version. I'm like, I want to play this stuff and it would be fun to stream it. Like it just it fired me up watching her play. it, And I, and I was, you know, of course, the chat, the whole all the chat was talking to her about it. But a couple of us were previous, you know, Star Ocean fans. so so we were all kind of going back and forth and getting into it uh, on our stream, talking about some of the differences between that version of the game. And of course, the original uh, PlayStation one version of the game and stuff like that uh by way still you know some retro shit so i've decided in in my own way that i'm going to get a psp and probably stream some myself because of her and watching her stream. <laughs> yeah it, it made me want to, want to play some of these games again whether or not i originally played them initially or whether um i never got a chance to uh, and again referencing pso that was a couple of fantasy star games on the psp that were a lot of good fun so and i, and I want to play those and and I just thinking, I'm like, man, you know, I could, you could pick up a PSP pretty cheap these days. You can get an eBay, you know, the games are, you know, unless it's like a really super rare one, you can get it pretty cheap. You don't got to spend a lot of money and there we go. Extra games. So yeah, I'm kind of hyped to be playing some, some, some retro shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to those streams as well. And, and the potential fantasy star online, that was, uh, if you've been following the show, how often do we talk about fantasy star online? I would say it's every episode. Or pretty close. It's it's somewhere reference. We're pretty close. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the the other games that Silas mentioned are are phenomenal, but uh, I I am really excited about the the potential for Fantasy Star Online. We started playing that a little bit, and it was a lot of fun. We did a dual stream. Yeah, right. Yeah, we did yeah, a co-op did, stream. That was really fun. Yeah, and when and, I uh, yeah
1: that was when I first tested Mixer. Actually, when I was still contemplating even even trying to use it before I even was uh, multi-streaming between there and Twitch, or even you know long before mm-hmm. I switched over. Uh, we had tried it out, yeah.
0: So, I, I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, it, it, there, you said that Heavy, Heavy was thinking about it, right? Or who was thinking about joining us on, on Fantasy Star? Uh,
1: Neutron, my uh fellow Neutron, co- my, my Friday night co streaming pal, uh, Neutron, yeah. He plays a lot of uh, Splatoon with us, you know. Uh, I play a lot of Splatoon with him, and of course, other uh, I was playing Mario Kart with him and stuff like that, but yeah, he's my uh, my Friday night co stream, co stream buddy, so yeah, and of course, with co streaming, we can have more than just two of us we can have three four of us actually uh, thank you mixer <laughs> um so you know that would that would be a good time i think it'd be great
0: i i think for um uh for me i'm actually seriously considering adding a a late night stream uh to my schedule around knights of the old republic too.
1: oh that'd be awesome oh, that's a great idea man
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. I love the the Knights of the Old Republic. I know we both do, but um, uh, Knights of the Old Republic is just um, one of... It is my number one all-time favorite game. If you want to get to Sage's Heart... It is not through his stomach. It is through Knights of the Old Republic, anything, uh, memorabilia, <laughs> send me game codes. I'll play them all. I don't care. <laughs> I'll I'll do it all. I love Knights of the Old Republic, so I'm really excited about uh, the prospect of that. I, I think I might add it. Um, but there were a couple of other of, uh, I'm going to say retro, but this game is still happening right now, and it still has a great... Uh, player base and new content coming to it, which is Star Wars: The Old Republic. I actually included that as part of uh, one of my streams, either earlier this week or late last week. And um, so, I, I love me some Star Wars: The Old Republic. It's, again, it's not exactly retro, but it's been out for what five years now? Four years? Uh, it's five years, six years. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a little while, like a long time. So, but Fantasy uh, Star Online is by far and away. Man, I'm really looking forward to that. That's yeah. going to be a great stream. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. So, the last thing that we were going to talk about today was um, something that's been brought up quite a bit in the division community lately with uh, some further implementation around microtransactions.
1: Oh. And
0: uh, <sighs> <laughs> Silas Silas and I had a we had a conversation about this. Yeah. Uh, uh, on an episode, episode 4 yeah, I I'm think not so. Sure. Yeah, it's it's been a little bit, but we talked about this before. <clears throat> microtransactions and I and I feel like we need to kind of break down microtransactions and what they mean for us individually. Silas, if you don't mind, I'll go first. Go for it. Okay, cool. So, here's where I am okay with microtransactions in any game. Aspects of the game that are not pay to win. Pay to win to me, um, as somebody who was, I uh, was born in the 80s, and I'm considered a millennial, but I don't read, I don't, I, I don't at all you're, relate to millennials. You're on
1: the edge of the millennial. I'm just, be- I'm just before it. Thank you. You're like <laughs> at the very beginning of it. So I still think you can exclude yourself from that dipshittery.
0: No, I I don't, I don't feel like I'm part of the millennial, although I, I, I can see where mm. it is in the generation just after me, but I don't consider yeah. myself a millennial. Uh, but microtransactions, I'm okay with it as long as it's not pay to win. My first um, experience with microtransactions came from mobile gaming. And um, now I won't say that this is the first transaction, but I will say that paying money to have a reduction of cooldown time on certain abilities or construction of buildings, that is defined to me as a microtransaction subcategory pay to win because that's what it is. You are paying your money to reduce the amount of time it takes to do X, Y, or Z inside of the game that directly affects um, your success in the game. I'm not for that. However, if you are using microtransactions to purchase vanity items, I'm okay with that. And this has sparked a, a big controversy inside of the division community because microtransactions have been a part of the division community since, uh, I don't know, it's been months now. And uh, you've been able to buy vanity items. But more recently, they have implemented the the ability to purchase RNG caches.
1: Uh, may RNG be with you. Give us
0: your money. <laughs> <laughs> Give us your money. R, uh, RNG caches for vanity items that's where it stops Four vanity items now before i go too far um and i silas is raring to go i can see it on his face (laughs) (laughs) but before we go too far i want to clarify that a this is not a new thing b world of warcraft uh, star wars the old republic uh, halo 5 and just about any other game that you can imagine that has implemented these types of things around vanity items has a very particular trait to it. If you get a duplicate of said item from your RNG cash, it gives you the credits or the currency that you would purchase with real money um, in place of the item that you already have, thus making it possible (laughs) to get another cash and continue to grind out for these RNG items. As somebody who's been playing The Division recently with the latest 1.7 update, what that means is the further along that you get in accumulating these vanity items, the higher your chance that you're gonna have a duplicate, which means the more of these particular credits that you're gonna get in place of those duplicates, which means you're getting more caches to get the thing that you want, by the way, without buying it for free because you can also get these credits in the game from killing bosses, completing events, etc., etc. It's just really appealing to the people that just don't want to wait, but it's a vanity item. It is not pay to win. All of that said, there are still individuals in the community that are really upset with this further implementation of an RNG cash that you can purchase, or you can just grind out. It's really easy to get these credits on your own without paying money and and just buy them with in-game work like and it's not hard i just about have all of the sets all the vanity sets in 1.7 and i've only been doing it for two days by the way it just came out so
1: (laughs) so not hard then
0: (laughs) so it's not hard you don't have to spend your money doing it so we've had this conversation around pay to win but that's where the line is for me silas where does the line lie for you um, with microtransaction, when is it acceptable and what is it not?
1: Um, I echo a lot of a lot of what you're saying and, and a lot of your sentiment. Microtransactions are very a very fine line between a- adding value to a game. If that if, if that's something that you're doing, like you said, with vanity items, or you know maybe it's a, a different color for a particular weapon or or whatever, something that's that's non intrusive. Um, that's okay. Um, even then it can, it's still a little, I feel like where, where does it end with, okay, you're going to keep taking money out of our pocket. Now, I know a lot of this goes back to say MMOs and things like that, but that's because the game was changing and, and, and a lot of these MMOs, they lasted a long time, so on and so forth. But now you're trying to get other games are trying to kind of borrow from that. So to be a cash grab. And and I can't stand it when companies do cash grabby shit. It just it bugs the hell out of me. Um, however, there like you said, there is there is a certain line, and as long as it isn't pay to win, that's good. But even sometimes when it's not, it can it can go over line because it's like why couldn't you have just had it as instead of because they'll do it for like individual items. Why couldn't you've just had like this whole pack and be like okay, well we've got this whole vanity set and it's going to be this price. You know what I'm saying? Like if so, let, it feels let's like... say that
0: they do do that. So companies that don't do that, that don't offer those choices as far as it, um, purchasing a full set and, and, uh, being transparent about what you're buying as opposed to being able to purchase a cash with a random number generator, basically. Yeah. So you're saying that that's kind of where the line is
1: transparency. Dude, dude, dude. Yeah, yeah, just being be upfront and indirect about it is is my thing. Um I guess it just it feels like they're trying to just nickel and dime you for everything. And it's like, okay, well we know people will get pissed if we do pay to win, so let's take some vanity stuff but still make it, you know what I'm saying? For the for the taking advantage of the lazy individual, which you know is is going to happen. I get it and like you're saying though if people would just take the time in game, you can
0: get the shit on your own. There's been times when I've been lazy. Oh yeah, I, but I, I've I, been there. <laughs> we've been there, and we've we've used microtransactions. Like it happens, it's, it's something that you do. But I can't, I can't, um, I can't say that it was particularly laziness as much as it was. I work for my money. Yeah, it's a it's a game that I enjoy, and I want this particular item, or right. I want this particular cash that has a chance to give me several items that I like up to let's say up to three. And if you play elder scrolls, it's three or four items that you have the potential of getting um, as opposed to just the one. Right. Um, so you're also empowered as a gamer to make those decisions and choices based on the amount of revenue that you're making. If it, if it's $5, isn't a big deal to you, then you can buy it. Right.
1: Yeah. On the other hand, part of what's iffy about this is, 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 as you can see, it started with DLC and then you see microtransactions. It's like, how much further is this going to go before games start being where every little extra thing is, okay, you paid $60 for this complete game, but now it's an extra dollar for this, an extra 50 cents here, $2 there. You know what I'm saying? And then by the time you're done, you know. now I guess it it depends on how you value your time and, and if you put a lot of hours into it, okay maybe it's worth it maybe you got your money's worth but for other stuff again if a company's just going for cash grabs and just throwing all this pretty shit out there you know i guess it just depends on how it's done to a degree it's just i don't know it's a very fine line and and it does deserve some some caution because the more people use it obviously the more other companies are going to do similar things and, and it's going to become more and more common practice to where it's just every game's got it
0: i totally agree with that there is a very fine line i heard I heard another um, perspective on that from uh, somebody in the community, uh, Tinks, and she had mentioned that uh, uh, the price of games hasn't really changed over the past, uh, you know, 20, (laughs) 25 years. I remember playing the Sega Master System, Uh, shout out to all the Sega Master System (laughs) lovers out there. Uh, That was my first console, was a Sega Master System. By the way, picking out that game as a young man, there were choices across the board ranging from $49.99, and this is, you know, 1990-ish. Games ranging from $49.99 to $79 and even $89.99 for a Sega Master System game. And that was typical. Now we have games, unless you're getting a deluxe version or the ultimate edition of a game, the base price is $59.99. It hasn't really gone up. So what you're paying for, the inflation piece of it, what you're paying for for extra DLC, if you want it, you have the choice. If you want more of this game and you really enjoy it, you can purchase X, Y, or Z, um, but the the price or the inflation in games hasn't really gone up. So as, as far as a, a developer is concerned, you're paying for basically a complete game. Um, Maybe it's not as much as a Sega Master System <laughs> way back in the day, the $80 you spend on a cartridge to play, I don't know, Rastin or Cloud Master. But I guarantee you that there's a way more content in a game today for $59.99 than there was for a Sega Master System at $79.99.
1: I do not fully agree with that because some games you can go through the whole thing in under fucking eight hours, and this is a pretty common practice. And some of them old school games took a long fucking time.
0: So genre is is important in this as well. Yes,
1: yes. You, you talk RPGs and shit. The old school RPGs will outclass the new ones for content in, in a lot of ways. Uh, unfortunately, now it takes a lot more to to render and you know pretty visuals and things. Now, if you're talking elders, if you're talking you know uh, Skyrim and shit like that, no, you get your money there with games that are long as hell like that. If that's your go-to, you definitely get your your money's worth on shit like that. Which I'm actually surprised games like that aren't a little bit more because there is a lot of value for your money, especially when it releases and it's not glitchy as all fuck. But I was just going to say, you know, but there's other games that are, that are much shorter. Um, And speaking of of game length and and value for price, um, and I'm going to reference Indie a little bit, because this is kind of a topic I've also seen on Twitter recently. There is some shitty Indie stuff out there. I'm not going to even, you know, get into that, but there is a lot of good Indie games out there. There's some real solid shit. And some of the Indie developers in, in some cases probably don't charge enough for what their game provides versus say like a triple a title that doesn't have a whole lot to it and is bug ridden so it's like what constitutes the proper price and in and everything when it comes to all this with their with uh games content and whatnot so
0: it sounds like to me where we can meet in the middle is the line is dictated by the developer and their intent. And intention yeah. is nine tenths of the law, <laughs> so <laughs> so there you go. If if your if your intent is to provide a superior product, and I think your your player base is going to recognize that, and they're going to oh, yeah. pay the extra money for a good product. But if you're using it, and developers, listen to this part because it's really important. If you are using DLC as a crutch to providing <laughs> real sustainable game content you are already failing and that's the line that's uh, i think that's where all gamers can kind of meet in the middle it is not an excuse for providing us with an incomplete game especially if that game just doesn't work if you have to stop playing that game because there's heavy glitches that are just game ending they are game breaking mass effect um and i immediately think of mass effect 4 not to come, not to continue shitting on that game, but um what the fuck? <laughs> I had, you know, Silas had to stop playing it. I stopped playing it, and I'm honestly, after the first impressions, like I love the Mass Effect series. Yeah, one through three as were somebody awesome. who's yeah, as somebody who's gone through the Mass Effect series this year for the first time, for the very first time, um, and then going to get Mass Effect Four. I was I was really sad by by the issues that were included in a game that I paid for $60. So, uh, I think that's where the line is, you know, don't, don't try and fool us. Um, we're gamers. We know, um, we, we know what's a good deal. We know what's not, we know it should be included. We know what's not. And, um, you know, we really, we really rely on you to provide us with a, a product that's entertaining, but also sustainable. And, uh, when I'm in a game, I'm in it for a really long time. You and I, Silas, we played Fantasy Star online forever.
1: Oh yeah. God yeah. we
0: played that game forever. Yeah, we played and other um, we
1: played other games, but then we would go back to Fantasy Star at least one to two days a week. Yeah. In between our other exactly. games.
0: Exactly. Exactly, so if you want to create that kind of uh, create that kind of sustainable player base, then you you definitely need to stay on top of the content that you're providing and and be sure that what you're releasing is balanced. Uh, I know that's a lot uh, easier said than done, but uh, that's kind of what it is. Yeah,
1: yeah. At least uh, have the effort. And a lot of times, you know, we as gamers, we're we're going to see when it, when a company doesn't put that much effort into it, in or you know, tries to do some sort of cash grabby type of deal. Uh, whether it's uh, banking on your your a series previous hype to kind of not do as much with with the the next one in, in the series or or whatever the case may be, maybe you're just trying to shove a bunch of DLC because you fucked it up really bad. So you are like, "Well, we're gonna charge for this, and you know, we'll have some patches in there, whatever." Don't do that shit. Just be a hundred percent in what you do. Yeah, sometimes games have bugs, we understand, but when it's just terrible. We ask questions, <laughs> lots of questions, and we're not happy. We'd like to thank everyone who took the time to listen to our podcast. If you'd like to know more, you can follow us on Twitter at Silas and Sage. You can also take a moment and come join us in our live streams. Sage is located on Twitch at OrangieeroSage, and Silas is on Mixer at Silas underscore liver. For more podcast episodes, you can download them on iTunes, Google Play, and of course, our home on Podbean. This has been My Life in Games with Silas and Sage, and we will see you in two weeks.